Well, good morning, everybody, and good morning, Paul, and welcome to Talking Biz. Hey, Peter, good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to Talking Biz on New Radio Media. Hey, it, it, get your pens out or get your phones together. Uh, during the show, if you feel like calling in, give us a call at 844-9999-249. It's a lot of nines. It's 844-9999-249, which is B-I-Z, Biz. And for all you people out there and you want to listen to New Radio Media, just download the app. And that's in both Apple Store, uh, the Apple Store and the Google Store. Uh, it's NRM Streams. That's Stream with a Z. Uh, we are down to, I think, 1,300 downloads. Uh, we're getting up there, and we really haven't even launched officially. But, uh, you know, Peter, 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 what's with this weather this week? The weather? Well, it's like the stock market, you know. No, no, no. It's all coming down now. Well, it's I mean, like again, the stock everything's market. Everything's coming down. <laughs> you know, it, it's down, down, down. You know, we, we had— We had 10 inches of snow, so the market had a—you know, you got to go buy 10, so that would put us 1,000, you know. Well, well, I, the, you know, we are double the average February snowfall already for Michigan. We are double the average February. Well, that was for what, 28 days or 29 days? No, that's the whole month. So you're talking about it. So, you know, here we are. Today is the uh, 10th, right? Right. And we've already doubled the average snowfall for February in Michigan. And they say more coming today. And uh, But at the end of the week, they said something like 40 degrees. Well, we got to move it out of the way so we can get the next load in. Yeah, yeah. But, tell you. but Peter, you mentioned the stock market. And, uh, you know, it couldn't stay up there forever. And, and people are looking at why, what's happening with the stock market. And, uh, Peter, do you feel the economy is great? What do you, what's your opinion on the economy? Well, from talking to a lot of, and I've got clients all over the United States, um, they believe the economy is not super by any means. Yeah. They just think that it's, uh, it's quietly moving along, but it's not busting out moving along. I just came back from Houston and Austin. Yeah. And uh, as you and I know, we do the crane count. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of cranes. No, no. Um, we're not seeing a lot of cranes even in this community. No. So crane counts kind of tell us what's happening. The rehabilitation, secondary uh, contractor line, they're busy. Yeah. You know, that's the home improvement side. But as you know from a real estate uh, side, um, they're transitioning from one building to another, but are we really seeing growth? Well, in certain areas we're seeing growth, but you know, let's go away from the real estate side. Let's look at the consumer. Uh, you know, We had the recession. The average American had one savings account. What was that, Peter? That was their home. That was and, it. And the, the value of the, home, of the home. And that evaporated. I and a lot of people I didn't have a savings account. <laughs> so, so, you know, the average consumer had their money in their house, and that disappeared, and a lot of people are now renters. So we went from all-time high homeownership to all-time high rentership. So you've got people who are sitting there living month to month, working one or two jobs to maintain what they had before, and they're working – and the word retirement doesn't fit into their schedule anymore. Not at all. So if you look at that and you thought the economy was going to go boom like a rocket, it's not going to happen. Now, it did happen for the top 5% because they had the opportunity, they had cash, and they took advantage of the situation. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not using the word advantage to negativity. But they were allowed to buy stuff and do things that the people without money didn't have. So the separation between have and have nots has grown, and it continues to grow, and that's the difference with the economy. So a lot of people uh, that aren't the 5% are having a tough time. We were the only country that really had a real big middle class. Well, I know. And the middle class, as we all know, is eroding. Yeah, it, it is very, very tough. And you know what? The millennials get it. They saw the greed. They saw the stuff with money. And they're all about lifestyle. they rather have nice things, do things, go nice restaurants, to travel a little bit. They're not so worried about owning a home. There's plenty that want to we own a home. We just had that discussion in the studio yeah, and, before and so, we threw the switch. And, and so, you know, you do that. But let's go back to the economy and really yeah. look what the barometer is. 
all-time consumer debt at a all-time high. So consumers' debt is very, very high. Uh, defaults on auto loans. Well, we were talking last week, as you remember, uh, General Motors, and, you know, we look at leasing. Yeah. And that three-year program is dropping back into the dealers. And, and the problem with that, so if you look at the economy, overall the stock market was on a roll. It was on a ride. It was a it was crazy booming, ride. booming, booming. And what goes up must come, come down, down, and that's what it is. It's an adjustment. We're still higher than we started. We're doing okay, folks. Don't uh, the sky is not falling, but uh, keep on shopping. And speaking gonna, of shopping, we're going to talk about shopping. Speaking of shopping, at nine o'clock hour, Peter. You know, I'm a retail guy, and I, I've been know. in retail for years. I, you and, and retail, and, and I study Amazon. And do I study Amazon? We're going to talk about Amazon at the nine o'clock hour, Peter. Is it our friend or foe? And I well, want people to listen to this and call it. I need opinions on this. All right. And while we're doing that, I want to bring up some other things that are going to be happening uh, this morning. We're going to talk about Best Buy and Goodbye CD. Goodbye. That's going to, goodbye yeah, break, CD. CD, whatever. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. But we've got two guests coming on today. One, Dr. Owen Perlman. He's going to come Wait on. A second. Eight. Wait a second. Perlman. Do- yep, Perlman. Same last name Same as you. Same last name. A is, he great- good, is he as good looking as you? I, I think he's great. Yeah, he, he's a phenomenal guy. Matter of fact, we're going to talk he's, about. He's my doc right now. Well, we're going to talk about close head injuries, but we're going to talk about the no fault law, and how everybody's trying to change the law and what how it can affect those in Michigan. It's a great topic, and Owen will be on at the eight thirty hour. Then, of course, you've got. Uh, we're going to talk about Amazon, friend or foe, mm-hmm. um, but we're also going to bring on an old voice, a good friend, Tom Mazaway. You know, Tom was in the office last year. Yes, he was. And and I got to know Tom, and to know Tom is to love Tom. An well, amazing gentleman from the East Coast. I talked to Tom yesterday. You know what Tom said to me? Yeah. I'm so tired. I'm shoveling snow. I'm shoveling snow. I said, well, Tom, I'm going to make your life easy. You can sit down in the big chair, and you can tell us and share with us all about the new Wait Detroit Lions. Wait a second. Li- I, I, the, new, gotta, the new Detroit Lions. we got a call coming in. Dr. Owen Perlman. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me, let me pick on. up the phone. Pick up the phone. Hold on a second. Let me, let me sit here. Gonna... Owen, what's up? Put him on speaker. All right, Owen's driving in. Okay, oh, he's we'll driving in. We'll here. see him when he gets here. All right. <laughs> he's, he's driving. I'll tell you Folks, guess no. what? The doc is coming in. No, he's not calling what, in. What do you not, think about a house call. call? He called me on my cellular device. Yeah, so we're going to have a... <laughs> no. No, so he's, he's making a house call. He's leaving. I think <laughs> Dr. Owen Perlman should be here, but not for the 830 hour. <laughs> Whenever he gets here. <laughs> so when the doc gets here... you got to love here. it. We'll just have to move. But it's nice that the doc did call. Let me, let me say something about Dr. Perlman. Uh, you know, I experienced an accident August 13th of last year, and uh, Owen is a true professional. The network that he is involved in and the doctors he knows is totally amazing. Now, I knew him as a human being. We worked on fundraising committees and all this stuff together. But the connections that Owen has and the care he has for patients is amazing. He doesn't sleep. I mean, his work schedule. Well, we know that. You know, We're gonna, we'll, I, tease I I about, we'll tease him about that. I didn't think that. I sleep, but he works. He goes home, takes a nap, goes back to work till 3 a.m., and then maybe he naps. And, and he's an amazing gentleman, and we're proud to have Owen coming in. So Owen's on the way. He called on the device. So we've got a, you know, got a lot of things going on. Yeah, three-ring uh, circus. But Maz, so let's I'll, go back want, to Maz. Well, we're going to come to Tom Maz. Yeah, we yeah. Got, we got Tom Maz. I want to go to 2003. What was 2003. Who was I dating in The governor at that oh, time. Oh, I was getting divorced again. The, go- <laughs> no, the governor at that sorry. time was Governor John Engler. Yeah, yeah, John. Yeah, and yeah his rah, exit, rah, rah. his exit hurrah, or lack thereof, I guess, 
is he vetoed the regional transportation bill. Yes, he did. And from that point on, we have not grown. Big topic right now, big topic. You know, and we go back to, let's go to folks at Amazon again. Reason they didn't come is, da da. Well, number one was lack of mass transit. So Mr. Danny Gilbert runs to uh, Washington, D.C., gets on his soapbox, I and know. starts talking about mass transit. And, and it's interesting, Peter, because let's go back to, let's say, millennials and other people, folks that are living in downtown areas. Yeah, they're walkers and movers. They don't need a car. No, they do so not. So they'll pay more money for rent in lieu of car and car insurance. They're brighter than we are. Well, I tell you, um, I want to stay on two more key points because i got to deal with Oakland County now and Macomb County. Oh, Brooks doesn't like mass transit. Well, you know, he did for a while. He made a comment a couple weeks back that he would look more at it, and then he comes back and he says never betray his own community. So the nine cities that out, ousted out of, shall we say, walked out of the mass transit formula, he's supporting. And then Hackle, of course, says... Nobody ever comment comes to me saying, you know, uh, let's let's fix mass transit. Yeah, yeah. They say let's fix the roads. I like Hackle. So like his M fifty nine corridor is getting rehabilitated. Um, so the real question is going to be, is mass transit dead? It's not dead. It's it's very interesting. I had lunch with uh, Tom and Ryan Berman this week. Uh, Tom is on the Oakland County Board of Trustees, and he was actually came to me from Oakland County Road Commission. No, no, no. The commission for no, 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 no. He went to the road commission. Hear me out before you say the commission for the road commission for Oakland County. I just love that. So, so he was there, and you know he uh, is in Kego Harbor, part of West Bloomfield, all that stuff. And they really want to finish paving Orchard Lake Road all the way to Telegraph. So going past and past, and it's really, really tough. He came up with a formula that's amazing. Now. It was an amazing formula with a, a small problem that the federal funds weren't going to be available for four or five years. Right. Uh, it may be a little shorter. I might have missed it. Yeah. But we started talking about private investors in public projects. Correct. And so there's a $2 million gap. And, you know, we can go to a person around here, whether it's Mr. Gilbert downtown or live in Franklin, and say, you know, Mr. Gilbert, we need $2 million. Would it be fair to, fair to pay you 5 8% on your money? And it's secured. By the townships and cities, right? It's, so like a, it's, it's like a it's like a bond issue. So I think we're going to see a lot more of private funding in New York at LaGuardia. Magic Johnson, and his group, have put up hundreds of millions to help build that airport. And of course, do airports go broke? No, it's a safe investment. So we've got to look at private funding. So back to the roads, back to mass transit. We took a really cool turn. I did. <laughs> I, I love it. And Everyone and, and we haven't even gone that. on Woodward Avenue no, yet. No, no. So so mass transit. You know, Peter. You know, we go to New York, you and I, we've yep. traveled, and, and, and it's nice to have mass transit. Uh, you, We walk a lot. Yes, we do. But, but you're a walk runner. It's like, Peter, hold on, I need oxygen. I'll be up. I'll catch you in three bucks. <laughs> hey, Peter, wait for me. Well, you know, I just want to get to breakfast in the morning, yeah. and where's Paul? Yeah. yeah, I'll be right there. But, you know, but mass transit, truly, you know, when you go to other towns, and, and I travel, when I go to China, go right. to New York, you know, I don't need a car. I, I don't need a car. I stay near the train station in China. I can go all over the country. Well, we do that when I'm in Geneva yeah. and everywhere else. And so, but you come to Detroit where the, you know, the automotive companies wanted two cars in every garage, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't want mass transit. But now that people are going back, and, and populations in downtowns over the last decade has kept growing and growing and growing and growing because people want to go home. Either they live downtown, work downtown, they don't want to drive, or they come home at 5 o'clock and they walk to downtown to do shopping and go to the movies or dinner. 
Well, you know, we're going to talk more about this because this subject's going to go on and on. And mass transit is the number one conversation one way or the other because of the autonomous cars coming and all these other things that are happening. So, so many things are happening. And when we're going to have to take a break in a minute, believe it or not. Wait, where did the, where did the time go? Um, I have no idea. Hey, someone find the time. It's um, under the table. But where is it? Before Charles, Doc, where is it? Hey, where is it? Before is it Dr. Perlman gets in, you know, um, at New Radio Media, we're going to invite our, shall we say, engineers, production people to join us in the next uh, segment here. As we talk about Best Buy, the CDs, are they coming? Are they going? Where's vinyl today? And everything else. So, you know, it's great that uh, that first quarter's gone. It's flying by. And this is New Radio Media. And we're going to take a break and see you on the other side. All right, we're back. Hey, welcome, everyone. We're back to Talking Biz here on a Saturday morning on New Radio Media. Hey, if you're listening or your friends want to listen, uh, tune to us at www.newradiomedia.com. Also, download our app at NRM Streams, that stream with a Z. And if you got an opinion or you want to call in, call us at 844-9999-BIZ or 999 Hey, Peter. I'll tell you, we're, you know... We got company in the studio right now. We're bringing our staff in because I got I've got to talk about what's going on at Best Buy. Um, I Best mean, Buy, there's a dryer on sale. I saw. There's I know it's the white sale. The it's the heavy appliance. Three forty nine. And there's going to be more floor yeah. space for all this stuff. There is. There because is because the CD world as we knew it, uh, and as our younger staff in the office here in the studio knows it, uh, it was their generation more than ours. 
We were vinyl, then we were 8-track, then we were cassette, then CD, MP3, Goodbye Charlie, and good Hello Floor Space. Do you have a CD in your car? Is there a CD yes. slot? <laughs> yes. There's not one in mine. <laughs> because I haven't. And I have a 2017. No, I have a 2016, but there's it's an option. No, no. Okay, no, you, you no. I have, But I also have navigation. I have navigation, <laughs> so I know where to put my CD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put the CD here. But, I have navigation for navigation. But it's funny because when I got the car, um, my son would come in and bring CDs, and I said, yeah. what's that for? Well, so he gets in right now, gets in the glove box. He plugs his Apple phone mm-hmm. into the car, and he starts playing. He takes over my car. I know he does. But Next thing I know, my phone's not connected. He's got his people. His voicemails are coming on my dash, and I'm seeing all the voicemails. Some love got, it. Some he doesn't want me to see all the is women that, called, that are checking Is that in. called uh, distracted driving? No, he. I, it's it's really fun. It's entertainment. Okay? It is. And you see it, and that's And you calls. still drive. And, and I drive fine, okay, because I have you, automatic pilots. You got it. by itself. Well. But, 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 you know, you get this stuff. And, and in talking about Best Buys, I think I know where you're going here. Well, so I want to go back in time. Because you know me, I like the little history. Go back in, in time. 2000, okay. In the year 2000, 13.2 billion in CD sales. Yeah, yeah. What's 2000, the number today? 1.2. 1.2 1.2 1.2. And it's going down. It's gone. It's dropped again heavily. Vinyl's going up. Vinyl went up again. Yeah. You know, and that's the good news. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the vinyl. How vinyl's moved. You know, taken this great move and gone forward. But uh, vinyl, you know, what, where are vinyl sales? Do you have that number? Yeah. Well, in sixteen, it was four hundred and thirty million. Okay. And uh, you know, my son has uh, two record companies, and we watched vinyl because he did vinyl more than he did anything. Yeah. And he, when he started in high I'm school a number of years there. ago, I, before he did anything, he did vinyl. Yeah, okay, he did okay. vinyl. You know, you're funny. Okay. So I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> and the doctor will be in at eight thirty yeah. to see you for sure. Yeah. So in the meantime. <laughs> I want to flip this a little bit. Flip um, the vinyl? We want to flip it a little bit. We've got some wonderful guests in the studio. All right. And I want to turn to my left to Kelsey and ask her, when was the last time you bought a CD? I was probably still in middle school when I actually went out and bought a CD. Okay. Ash? Uh, at a concert last year. It was at a bar. So it was a new up-and-coming local band, and they had their CDs out front to buy. Okay. And Jake, Jake's shaking his head over there. <laughs> switch. We don't know who's going anywhere. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jake. You know, can you put on your mic, Jake? Yeah, don't be ashamed. Jake, Jake, don't worry about the cameras now. You know, yeah. no one wants to see your face, but we want to hear your voice. <laughs> so, Jake, when's the last time you bought a CD? Uh, it's been a hot minute. A hot minute. What is the definition the of def- a hot a minute? A New York minute's quick, so that would be short time. But yeah. it, it, when's the last time? Give me uh, weeks, months, years. When did you buy a CD last? All honesty? Yes. Yeah, no, we want you to lie to us, but go ahead. When's the last time I bought a CD? Boy. Okay, you woke up this morning, yeah. Jake. Yeah. Okay. okay. Was it yesterday? Was it a I, month I can't ago? T- I can't tell Was you the it time. A year it's, ago? Been, it's been years. Years. Were you, how years. Old you, I, I now, care Jake, about, how old are you now, Jake? 22. Were you 17? No, I care about sports at that time. Okay, still care so, about sports. So he's, sports, he's going sports back into preteen. Jake, he's in a preteen Jake, period. You can shut your mic off, go back to sleep. We'll talk to you. <laughs> Let's go back to the ladies in the yeah, studio. Yeah, I tell you, okay? it's much Let's more go to Kelsey over here. You know, we're talking about it. And Kelsey, how old are you? I am 23. 23. And so when was the last CD you bought? Or download. 10 years ago. Okay, and, and then, but, but what? When but, iTunes came out, I did download a couple CDs. Yeah. You know, when artists would drop mm. them because I wanted more than just the one or the two singles on it. If it was a band I really liked. But she didn't go into a store. Correct. No, no, they downloaded. So, you know, no, Peter, I know, downloaded. She did talking, not walk into a store. Well, that's the, the digital disruption. And, and what happens is, 
you know, we're here because of that. You yes. know, we're a totally digital platform, the first one in the United States to be totally digital, not a radio station or TV station that's doing digital. But let's go where we are, the disruption or the change that digital brought. So, you know, I remember um, I was dating someone, and they bought me a, you know, an Apple device. Right. What were they called? The iPods. iPods. The iPods. Oh, iPod. iPod. And she bought me one, and I said, am I going to use this? And I didn't use it, use it. Then I started downloading stuff and using it. And I said, this is cool. This is really cool because now I can download the songs from James Taylor, all the old stuff I like, have it at any time, pick it when I want, and so-and-so. And then you do realize you can hook that up to your car, and you can take it anywhere you want. And then my son would start bringing in downloaded plays for me. Hey, Dad, listen to this new music. And it was unique because he brought me into two ways. He brought me into newer music and older music that I was never into. So the generation today says, you know what? Hey, you want that song? Hold on. I'll get it for you in 10 seconds. So just for our listeners, you know, we have Sirius XM. XM. All right? It's really serious. I know. Really? And they charge a I lot. Have not seen and serious. what they charge <laughs> is 220 to $240 a year yeah, to have that, it brought. That's not what I pay. Well, you pay more, of course. I mean, no, you have a bigger less, wallet. A lot less. A lot less. I, well, you only bought more. the two-channel program. I mean, come on. No, no, I have a string and a, I have a string and a cup. Cup. There you <laughs> go. All right. But anyway, the, there's that big charge. And here at New Radio Media, what do they do? They get an app for free. Yeah. yeah. They flip on a channel they like within our channel uh, selection for free. And for free. And yeah. when the music channel is live, well, and breathing, that's all for free. Yeah. So, yeah. the 360 movement is. Is coming to be. It's almost like the new AM, in the sense that it was when it first came out, it was all free. Yep. Uh, you could find what you wanted, and then we added more channels. So that's why we're called New Radio Media. So let's go back to Best Buy, the disappearance yeah. of CDs. Let's go back further. Let's go to the disappearance of VHS tapes, then going to CD ROMs and going to download. So if you look at the mechanisms, you know, what drives the electronics business and drives Best Buy is innovation. And, and you know, this last few years, it's been the TV, the better screen TVs, smart the television, the smart television. And, and then, you know, Best Buy hurt for a while because there wasn't anything unique coming out. It was just coming out and they couldn't keep up. And, and they revised it. Hats off to the, the chairman of Best Buy for reviving Best Buy that was almost had one foot in the grave and realized things that he had to do as far as technology. Now you go into Best Buy today, the ads are bringing more appliances in. But all the connectivity different things, all the different devices from Amazon to Apple, you know, pretty much you can call home or at home you can scream out, hey, do this and do this, and all of a sudden it happens. Well, I, I understand what you're saying about it. But from a music side, just yep. the music yep. Footage that the, each store yep. has yep. that you're now going to take away because you're taking away DVDs, yep. you're taking away uh, your um, DV, uh, not the DVD, but the uh, CD. So you're taking both of those away. So that floor space, you're getting, like I said, seven to 800 square feet. Yep. What do you put on the floor to A, cover that, number one? And then number two, how do you notify? How do you share with the consumer new products? So if you go into Am if you go into a Best Buy in the last couple of years, um, their footprints are typically about twenty-five to thirty thousand, some bigger square feet. Right. 
And if you notice, there's a lot of things spread out. There's a lot of open space. A lot, lot more than there ever and, was. And, and so what happens, they'll display TVs on the floor. They'll put inventory on the floor. What happens in the process, and that's our biz, is you look at uh, retail space, and they have these long-term leases, and the landlords have this big space for them. Best Buy, if they would start over today, their stores would probably be 10,000 square feet less, minimal. Would you call them? Would you call the new stores educational stores? More educational. I think they've got to the point when they went to the manufacturers and said, listen, if you want to be here, put up a nice display. So if you want to be Apple, put up a nice display. If you want to be this device, put up a display. Their cellular devices have grown. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. The big you know, they, Samsung they tried, displays and yeah, all that. that they we've tried seen. separate stores, cellular, doing so-so. But Best Buy is bringing people back because it's a now a showroom. No doubt about that. Um, and the other, <coughs> the other thing, too, is that they promote it, I guess, and – is the Geek Squad, you know? Yes. So yep. a lot of a lot of us are not talented enough to bring it home, plug it in, and operate it. Speak for yourself. <laughs> got him, got him. But 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 Wait at the end of the day. Wait a minute. Yeah, I had yeah. a first class license. I could wire a tower. Right, so huh? but, but but back to, back to that. You're yeah. right, Peter. You've got you've got the Geek Squad. You got that. So the experience, and and I'm walking into Best Buy more than ever now because of the experience. You know, if I want to look at a computer and I want to talk to someone, it's there. So the people are more educated. The salespeople are educated. They've got their departments. You know, back to online, and we'll talk about Amazon later, but talked about online shopping and the retail experience. You go to Best Buy, and someone can tell you about everything. So now, what? now maybe you have to wait a little longer because there's less people on the floor, but you can get stuff to find you, and with price matching, it's there's no reason to buy online. Well, wait a minute. Kelsey, when was the last time you went into a Best Buy? Usually I walk through one when I'm going into a mall, but I don't actually go to Best Buy to shop. Okay. Uh, just before Christmas for me, I bought my boyfriend an Xbox headset. Okay. So there you go. All one right. and one. All right. and, and, tar- and Target is another one now that's playing with the idea of getting rid of their CDs. Well, you know, Target's a whole other story. And once again, but again, it's square giving up that footage well, and, and reallocation it, of listen, footage. Listen, we we we'll talk about that and talk about retail footage. Let's yeah, talk well, a really good, uh, really about footage. It, in the United States, we talked about this: nine point three square feet of retail for every citizen in the United right. States. Before we started closing seven thousand stores last year, they say ten thousand this year. Europe is 2.2. So, you know, us in America, corporate drives, we need more and more and more, bigger, bigger, bigger. Now there's a consolidation. Yes, portion is affected by online, but more so it's a consolidation of the number of square footage. And and that's just a whole other topic. So let's wind this segment down as we were talking about CDs and what's going on. and, And we brought on our staff here to talk about it. So downloading CDs. So really the CD is history. Are we going to bury it? Are we going to bury the CD? Are we going to bury the CD? Are, we going to keep it are you all done with Chelsea, C- what do you think? Well, you're, you're done with CDs. Kelsey, what do you think? I mean, I still think it's convenient how you can go online, download a certain amount of songs, burn those onto a CD, yep. and use it, put it into your car if you have a CD player and you don't have an aux cord or an auxiliary port. But the thing I did like about CDs is when Apple did come out with the iPod is you could install your CD onto your computer and it would put all those songs on the iPod for you if you already owned it. Right, right. But, in, but in, people in, aren't going out and buying them anymore. You can just download it all on your computer. CDs, another few years as cars get older and older and CDs disappear, goodbye CD. Mm. Yeah, I agree. 
So goodbye, CD. I want to thank you guys for jumping in. Stay right where you're at right now until the segment ends. But, Peter, uh, once again, another few minutes goes by quick. It does. And, you know, on the other side, we're going to have Dr. Owen Perlman joining us as he's driving in from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And while we take a break and clean up the room for him, he is a doctor. This is New Radio Media. Well, we're back. Yes, we are. And, you know, know, the doc doc is on the road. The doc is on the road. He'll be here shortly. We just gave him a quick call and a shout out there. So, you know, we were talking about Amazon. We're talking about Best Buy. And I know that you were saying, is Amazon a friend or foe? So I, if you don't mind, I know we we're going to talk about it at 9 o'clock. But. We're going to talk a little now, and then when the doc yeah. shows up, we'll talk. But let's let me talk a little bit about Amazon, okay. Peter. You know, if you've been watching Amazon grow, some people think it's the most amazing thing that happened in the world. And we talk about disruptors. We talk about things that change different businesses and everything. And so, you know, as Amazon grew and we get stuff going and we get people talking, um, you know, how many times have you bought something on Amazon, Peter? The only things that I've actually bought are college textbooks for our son. Okay, so you buy those. We get packages Only here. because they closed the bookstore at the university and said you either go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble online. All right, so we got that. And then now here at New Radio Media, we get packages daily from Amazon, whether it's electronics or different kinds of devices. And it's wonderful. But, you know, between Amazon and Walmart, if they continue to grow in and buy companies and starting bringing people in, uh, five to ten years from now, 80% of your products become from one or the other. And you know what's going to happen to prices? They're going to control the market. They're going to go up. Okay. And, and, and you know, today, folks, if let's say it's, it's Saturday morning, which it is. Yes, it is. And you need something for tonight. 
Okay, well, that's it, why all these fulfillment centers are dropping in your well, local let's, neighborhood. Let's talk about you need a – Peter, you want a new dresser for the wedding tonight. A, a what? You, you need a new dresser for the wedding you're going to go to tonight. What is tonight. dresser? Okay, dress shirt. Dress oh, dress shirt. Sure. Dress I, shirt. I, I thought he thought I'm getting a dresser for dresser. my wedding. No, yeah, okay. So you need a dresser. <laughs> Everybody's for, looking at All right, you. enough of that. You need a dresser, right? You need a dress shirt, and you go to a store, and they don't have your size. Okay? <laughs> okay. They're going to say, we, we're glad to ship it to you. You'll have it in a couple of days. All right, true. You you go to Amazon, they say, hey, we can have it on Monday, but tonight is Saturday night. You need a dress shirt. Right. The store now has cut down inventory. They don't care your size. They don't have every color, but they're glad to ship. What are you going to do? Well, normally, normally, we get in the car and we go to store number two. Okay, now store number two tells you, no, guess what? We'll be glad to ship it to you. I'll find, go to store number three. Store number three now tells you we no longer carry that brand, but we have it online. Guess what? I don't need to be at the party. <laughs> okay. So, so folks, this is a real, real problem. You, you can laugh about it now, I can laugh. But the right. fact is, uh, as you keep shopping and do your trends, if you still want the experience of shopping in retail, give your local merchants time to shop and talk to shop. So let's go back to Amazon. So we know that Amazon bought Whole Foods Yes, this we, last it year. did. And they're making changes, price cuts, shopping online and delivery. They also did that. the Kenmore deal. They did the Kenmore deal. Let's let's stay with Whole Foods. Okay. Okay, so let's stay with Whole Foods. So they made all these changes to Whole Foods, and now they can also deliver from Whole Foods. They can do different things. So they changed the way people are grocery shopping. Now, when they bought Whole Foods, let me tell you what else happened. Uh, Lytle, Lytle, the Lytle, European company yes. that, that came in from the uh, Germany. Correct. How about, against Aldi. How about they canceled all new growth and they're not going to expand the United States now? I know they did the North Carolina sample closing stores. Yep. So, so Lytle and yet and in. yet they were twenty five percent less in when you added up that bill. They were less than Kroger. They were less than you know Piggly Wiggly and all the you know public and everybody. So let's continue this. So Amazon buys Whole Foods and now Kroger puts everything on hold. Everybody right. sounds like Every, the skids are slowly. Everybody's freezing. The independent grocers who are Spartan stores. Yes. And they're scared. Because their profits are dwindling. And and so want to talk about Amazon and the food chain, that's a big change. Now let's talk about the shipping business. Okay. Amazon uses FedEx, UPS, and the Well United Amazon's States Post- putting its own fleet together. That's what I want to talk about. So, I bet you do. So now you have um, Amazon creating its own cargo air freight company. Yep. They're building their own airport. Totally building, independent. Building, totally an independent. One point five billion dollar hub for its own cargo airline. Now, let me ask you a question. It's what FedEx did to Memphis. So, so you've got that. So they're ordered. They've got planes on order. Correct. They're eventually going to have a fleet of two hundred or more planes. Now, your UPS and FedEx, who helped build their business, now you got Amazon Prime Air coming along, and. Are they, you know, now you can't, now Now they're so big that FedEx, and, and if I was me years ago, if I owned uh, one of those companies, I would say, hey, you know what, your rates are going up, or I'm not sure I want to ship for you, but they can't afford to do that because Amazon's so big. Now, the other thing that Amazon does is that the U.S. Postal Service started delivering on Sundays because of Amazon. Amazon. So, you know, people are talking, had a great conversation yesterday, could Amazon privatize the U.S. Postal Service? And run it more efficient. Well, I don't know if they can privatize it or not. I, I just look at things a little differently, and I know how you're looking at it. I look at it. Are we going to have a bubble burst? Well, it's it's, it's this is like this is this sounds like to me 
we're building for a bubble burst. No, and when it, and then yeah, go ahead. And then we're going to have sell-offs. Well, we're going to talk antitrust. Okay, talking yeah. about sell-offs you because it. you're going to have. We saw people, it in okay. we saw it in the mass communications industry years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wonder if we're going that route, but we're letting them get to a point before we okay. before the hammer comes down. So what percentage? Okay, we were forty eight percent of all online Christmas shopping went through Amazon, almost fifty percent. So if you look at that, and then you look at the companies that Amazon's buying and Walmart, let's not forget. No, Walmart. I know you got two partners. You, know, you got Wal- two players. About six months ago, Lord and Taylor started putting their merchandise on on Walmart's website. So well, now they Walmart to... made a smart move locally for those listeners that are listening to new radio media when they bought Moose Jaw. They bought Moose Jaw because and they wanted the 400 lines that Moose Jaw had. And they wanted to get the knowledge of how they handle things from an Internet standpoint. Yes, yeah, so they got that. So they're buying. So these two monsters are buying these companies up, and it's going to affect a lot of people and a lot of different things. So that's it. So back to the word Amazon and Amazon. Is it your friend or foe? What is your thoughts? Foe. Foe, Okay. I honestly believe it. I mean, you said it quick. I said it real quick because for two reasons, and I'm old school, and I and I keep saying I'm old school. Yeah, I like brick and mortar. I do too. I like. I want to go in. I need to try on the suit, the shirt, whatever. Um, I want to go to a bookstore. Yep. I want to see what's coming out. I won't know, and the limited books that I would see at a Costco or wherever is not going to do it. Well, and, and, so, and I understand that. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, that's okay. That's no, okay. No. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's, it's back to that dress shirt. Can I get that dress shirt today when I it's need it? It's not a matter of just getting it today. Look, you and I are not the same size. So we want to go, I would think, at least I do, and after I, and I had a neck surgery, I needed to go in and actually get measured and fitted for what shirt's going to fit me now. Oh, you're asking too much. You want it measured also? Well, yeah, the guy comes in. He's got that measure? nice tape okay. measure, okay. the gentleman, and you know, and you know where the stores are located up and down the the roadbed where they do these nice things, yep. and uh, they measure it and they measure the arm length and everything else. And are you a full cut? Are you a tapered cut? You know, whatever. That to me is very important. Well, and so let's go to this. And then so, I I have a small shoe. I wear a small foot, so I have a small shoe for my foot. <laughs> They're not going there. It's not the same with the hand size. But at the end of the day, I have a seven and a half men's shoe, yeah. which is tough okay. to find. Most stores start eight. So Nordstrom used to be the only place I could buy shoes. Right. They don't stock too many styles. Well, first of all, they cut the number of styles, styles down, down and sizes. So once again, I went there for my same Cole Han loafer I buy all the time. I walk in, give me a model so and so, seven and a half. We don't have it. We can get it to you online. So I thought, I said, okay, I want to check out this place called Zappos. How about they had the same shoe for $50 less? Online or? Online. So if I'm going to wait two days for Nordstrom, I got on and ordered from Zappos, and guess where I buy my shoes now from? The big Z. From Zappos. And it's a shame because now I don't walk into Nordstrom and I don't look at other See, items yet, anymore. I I went to Duluth Trading Company the other day. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and I go into Bass Pro, and I go to Cabela's. I mean, I love these places. And, and You've got to walk through them. To enjoy what's there. I get it, and I still do shopping. But you know, Peter, I'm starting to lean towards the millennial side. I'm starting to look at this. I work 15 hours a day. You work a lot of hours yeah. yourself. I'm at the office. I have plenty of time to look at the computer and look at stuff, right? You mean uh, in between meetings? No. And, and look, not porn, Peter. Get your mind out of the gutter. 
Uh, I look at, so I go to Zappos, and there's the shoe. And by the way, because I save 50 bucks, I'm going to buy another pair. I'll buy a pair of loafers. See, and so they, this and, is and, where you and I are very different yeah. because when I go for Thanksgiving, I go every year up north. Yeah, yeah, you're And I guy. shop that traditional small business day on Saturday. Uh, you know, and I give my I give my sales to the independent retailer. Well, and, and we heard me rob and say shop local. I do that still, okay. But when it comes, but to, I could have bought my winter boots online. I bought it from a retailer. Okay, so let me go back to the big middle size upper class stores. Talk Nordstrom, Lord and Taylor, yeah. right? Used to shop both of them regularly. All that inventory's down, and the number of help is down. So a lower, a, a high end department store that's supposed to have help, service, and merchandise. Gets rid of merchandise and no more service. What good are they? They're hurting themselves. They're forcing people to go online. I would have never shopped online for shoes if Nordstrom would have had my inventory, had my size in my shoe. Did they have the salespeople? They had them, but guess what? He even said their shelves are half empty. He says, I hear your pain. I, I feel it myself. My commissions are down. They're killing themselves. And 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 so if hope they're listening, that Lord and Taylor knows. I've written so many blogs, and I did get one response from Nordstrom once in an email, and they said, "Sorry, we don't do that." But you know what? If you know in advance, you know, order the shoe. And that wasn't the right answer I no. wanted. You know, if I want to try a new shoe, I want to know how it fits, right? I don't want to do the shipping back and forth stuff. So I'm in the middle. I and do we're like going to talk. I want to talk more about the second part of what you just said. Yes. You know. All right. So it comes into our homes. Okay. What percentage goes back? And the time element, the inconvenience, and, and that's something we're going to have to look at. But, you know, Paul, how do people contact us? You know, Peter, um, they call us at 844-9999-BIZ or 249 at the end. That's 844-9999-BIZ-249. They also can, you know, send us messages, and they do that. They can go onto Facebook, and they can tweet to us and do all those fun things. And, and even we're going to get more into that and more promotion. As new radio media grows, there'll be a lot of ways to communicate with us. Uh, and if you're a small business and you want to be on the show talking biz, you know, drop us a line at info at newradiomedia.com. And uh, there's many ways. All right. So in the 30 seconds or so that you have left, how many things have you returned from an online purchase? Zero. Was it all clothing? It's only been shoes or specific small electronics that I knew I needed and I wanted. <laughs> I'm 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 amazed. I I am really amazed. Zero. Because I hear people all the time saying, "I got it. It doesn't fit right. Oh, no, I, I got to ship it back." I'm buying stuff that I previously wore, um, and I bought a new pair of shoes that luckily fit, so I've returned zero. So uh, today you're wearing a nice sport coat and a mm -hmm. shirt. Mm -hmm. Did you buy it locally? Bought it in a retail store because a suit and sport coat I want to try on. Thank you very much. Uh, you rest your case. I rest my case. <laughs> I've been waiting for this to happen. I am so excited. And, you know, it's it's just amazing that, uh, yes, the world is changing, and I understand all that. And um, we have to accept it. I'm just hoping that the retail brick and mortar comes back. And we'll be back after we take a break. This is New Radio Media.
you sounded. All right, we're back from another break. Peter. I know, and I took a look out the window, and you know what it's doing? It's snowing. It's snowing again. Let it snow, so, let it snow, let our know, weather forecasters this, I'll tell you the one thing that snow. Amazon cannot sell. What? Fuel. Don't say it. Fuel. No, they, they can't. They may have their own pump stations later, but you can't drop ship fuel to my door. Well, here's what they can do, Peter. They can buy a store, they can buy gas stations. The way they are taking in revenue, the world's one of the richest companies, one of the richest men in the world, or the richest man, and growing and growing and growing. He's non-stoppable. Yes, he is. That they're investing every day in buying people. Well, you know, there was a word out there that Target might be the next Target for Amazon. <laughs> well. Um, and, and they might just do that for distribution. But I did see their bookstore in New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, down the street from the Empire State Building when you're walking down to Macy's. Yep. And... Um, but in my opinion, when I looked in and everything, it's vanilla. Well, I mean, it's it's stark. It doesn't have a warmth like a be Barnes and Noble or the Borders about, have. They don't care about warmth. They want to go there, pick up shipments. They want to order books, see the few. Was it about five thousand square feet? The store. Yes. Okay. They want to have the latest topics. The top twenty. Or the, listen, the eighty twenty rule. Twenty percent of the inventory sells eighty percent of the business, and that's what they've got. You know, let's let's. I'm going to take a little slight turn here right now, okay? Little to the right, <laughs> little to the left. So we talked about Amazon, and and I want to wind that down a little because yeah. you know the question is, folks, just to open your mind, friend or foe, right. is online shopping your friend, and where you're going with this? Because as we keep feeding Amazon and Walmart.com, the little guy and the big guy even gets hurt. And do you want the convenience or the experience? Part of the American lifestyle is going shopping, yes. going to the mall, walking around. If you go to 12 Oaks, the number top vacancies they've had since they've opened. And let's look at the four anchors. Let's start with Lord & Taylor. What? No. Hurting. Please listen. Hurting. Macy's. Hurting. Yeah. J.C. Penney's. Hurting. And Sears. Half dead. <laughs> so if you take those four anchors and they go bye-bye, what happens to the Nordstrom mall? stays. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nordstrom's not there. Twelve Oaks, yeah, Twelve Oaks. They're oh there. yeah, they're there. They're, thank they're you very there. much. They're in the new I, wing. I forgot the new they wing. Were the new wing. I'm the retail guy. Sorry, <laughs> it's early. But so, so we'll be checking. But his. Nordstrom is having challenges too, Peter. I know. So now they go bye bye too. The, the what one, happens to Twelve Oaks? Well, that Twelve Oaks either will be redefined as a different kind of facility, or it'll be down. It'll as be dropped. My, as my math says, Twelve Oaks becomes Seven Oaks. <laughs> they lose five anchors, but let's go. <laughs> so let's the number go. one store in Twelve yeah. Oaks. Yep. Do you know what it is? Mm, Apple. Starbucks. Apple. I don't know. Volume wise, gross volume, Apple. But based on square footage wise, Starbucks. Um, nope. I'll tell that you, little guy. I, that little guy down on that I first floor. I will tell you that Apple averages <laughs> per square foot somewhere around thirty four hundred dollars per square foot a but year. But you can't get a beverage. No, no, but if you squeeze an apple, you get apple juice. Woo. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. So you can do that. And, and as Amazon goes on and does their thing. So let me ask you um, a different question. Yeah, then. go ahead. All right. What happens to, you know, um, all right, you talk about 12 volts in one trading area. What about a Somerset Mall? 
also changing. Okay, let me tell you, I just had in one of the original builders of Somerset Mall yesterday, the right. Frankel family, store Frankel. And we talked about the good old days when they built Somerset South, the original Somerset. All right. And they had the anchors, and it was only one floor. Yeah, it was Saks Fifth Avenue, Bonwood Teller. Yep. Okay, one floor. And how it was such a showcase of high-end merchandise. Right. Then they decide to add a second floor, and then they decide to add north and build the Correct. bridge over Big, mm-hmm. Big Beaver. And now if you look, the quality of merchants, they're going down because a lot of the high-end retailers— um, just heard an article the other day about online for high-end brands. Uh, they fought the experience, and now they're jumping the bandwagon on the bandwagon about e-commerce and having that because, you know, let's talk about a real high-name designer line, any of the big names. If you go to New York, they have their flagship stores. Yes. They're paying $1,000 a square feet, foot. So now they have a small boutique store that's 1,000 square feet. So they're paying a lot of money a year for that store, a million dollars, $1.2 right, million. Right, it's the dollars. marketing showcase. And now they realize um, we don't need that anymore. Okay, Even in New York, we don't need it anymore. Why? Because we can do an online presence, and people are more going to digital, and they don't need that store anymore. So just think about that. So as that goes down and keeps changing, you know, the world is changing. And yeah. I don't know. I, I know it's changing. <laughs> Look. I do go to New York. I go to Chicago. You look at the Miracle Mile, yep. um, and then you watch the changes like Crate and Barrel and all these other places that have come, dissipated. They've gone. They, everything's changing one more round. I'm just waiting for the revolt of the consumer. Well, you know what? I think it's not going to happen. I, I think that the change and the shift has gone so far that even people that are older, let's say they go to Somerset and they buy a cardigan sweater or whatever they buy, and it has three other colors, they now go online because the shop or person that shops online is getting older. So you paid $200 for the sweater at Somerset. You see the same brand online for $129 to buy the five other colors, and you know your size. Where are you going to buy it? Okay. You see the answer? So well, let's shift over to another online mammoth company, a company called Google. All right. You hear them? Yeah, I heard of Google. So Google, the first thing you say, if you're old-timers like mm-hmm. us, you say that's today's yellow pages. I don't know how many times a day I use Google. I probably Google things. Well, it's our search engine. 40, 50 times a day I go to Google. Whether it's looking for a product, a name, a person, I go to Google. An address. Okay, so we had a big discussion on the furniture industry yesterday, especially a, a store called Ashley Home Stores and Ashley Furniture. Ashley has over 800 stores now worldwide, 100 in China. And years ago, when I was in the furniture industry, when we went on design trips, we would go into furniture stores and look at styles and colors and look at trends. How do you think Ashley looks at trends, and how do they do the research today? Well, all right, I get that. I mean, I do understand they'll go online, or they will get from the vendor or the manufacturer all of the photos, the the schematics. Not even that, Peter. Not even that. They go to Google Analytics, and Google says, okay— People have asked for purple sofa search has been one billion this year. Okay, beige sofa search has been seven hundred fifty thousand. Yellow has been two. Okay, <laughs> but by the Google searches, they know the demand of products. So we're going with analytics now. Analytics, they say, okay, how many people look for country style dining rooms? How many people look for contemporary-style dining rooms? 
How many people look for transitional dining rooms? And guess what? It goes one, two, three, and all right, two so he seconds. Get, all right, so, so, all right, so the Ashleys of the world will just do it that way. Mm-hmm. Look at the analytics mm-hmm. to a point of who's looking at what. Then what's the next step to it? So now they look at the numbers and say, okay, this is the percentage of this we need in next year's line, that we need to have more purple colors, more purple fabrics. We need to have more traditional, if it shows, dining rooms. And it's an easier way to determine this, and it's a faster way to obtain information. Same thing with designing cars. When it became computer-aided design, the, it wasn't a five-year swing anymore. They can change cars in three years and maybe two years. So once again, the computers and modernization and Google is not just a search engine. It's a driving force behind several millions of businesses. So is an Ashley Furniture Store or the Art Vans of the world going to get rid of their brick and mortar? Not that at all. One thing about furniture, and we had this, is that furniture companies, okay, how many people have heard of Wayfair? Wayfair oh, yeah. Okay. If you drop that phone one more time okay. in the commercial. Okay. How much is Wayfair making? Well, that I don't. I can't. They're I can't. not. They're not. And, well, how and do they? First of all, shipping's free. Okay. Let's, that's perfect. Thank you for saying that. Now you led into my next thing. <laughs> You've got a sofa on Wayfair for six ninety nine. Whatever. What's it cost to ship that sofa? Well, that's the whole thing. Okay. So, Two men in a truck from a distance, it's going to have a value of like $70 to $100 minimum. More than that. But minimum. They do minimum it, with insurance and all the other stuff. So now <laughs> let's go back to a sofa. Let's go back to local delivery. Let's go back to sitting on and for the comfort of a sofa. They don't want to pick it up and take back like a pair of pants shipping back a right. sofa. That's So now you take a sofa and look at the cost. So bricks-and-mortar furniture is thriving and surviving in this world. In certain aspects. Uh, in most aspects. If we look at now the small stuff, let's go to the Kia stuff, KD stuff, knockdown stuff. Right. Ashley has over 2,000 items they can UPS to you overnight. So they have that covered. But for bedrooms and big-ticket items, the bricks-and-mortar well, are Well, that's what busy. made a Kia... Such a unique piece. Well, they're they're, they're a, a whole KD. different animal. They're a whole, they're a whole yeah, They are. They're a whole different animal. So, back to the furniture world's Art Van. Now, um, there's some stuff, and I can't announce yet yeah. with Art Van that's going on. They were sold, and I believe right. something else is up their sleeve now. But when it comes to bricks and mortar, furniture is still thriving and will so, exist. So, all right. So we get rid of the big furniture. We get rid of automotive dealers in a sense because of the back rooms and all that. Yeah. What do you see as the next brick and mortar? Um, that's going to stay. So, other than drugstores and stuff like that, so we analyze what's going on, and we have these discussions with the International Council of Shopping Centers, and I I monitor that weekly. And you talk about it; the answer is no one knows. It's it's scary. You know, they can always say, "Hey, they they can sugarcoat it. They can do what they go." So let's let's talk about midsize and large boxes. Last year, seven thousand retail locations were closed in the United States. They're predicting 10,000 this year. Of what type of retail? All kinds. All kinds. Consolidation of the retail world. Now, mostly retail products. Goods and services are still thriving, but we're having a problem in that sector, too. What about the warehouse clubs? So the warehouse clubs are going to consolidate. Now, Costco is going to stay strong. Um, With Sam's Club, Walmart made the decision that they want to put a bigger footprint on distribution centers. And they felt the real estate in a lot of these locations are better for distribution than running the Sam's Club at small margins. 
And so they consolidated. They, if, if there's three Sam's Clubs within 30 miles of each other, they close the one in the middle, and they'll gain business in the two on both sides of the middle one. What do they do with the middle one? Middle one's going to be a distribution center. Okay, so it's going to be an e-commerce distribution center, or they're going to get rid of that uh, real estate. They have uh, Walmart has one of the largest surplus real estate departments of any real estate company. Really? Yeah, Walmart is a real estate company. Walmart is a lot of things. So a lot of people don't know that. So things changing with that. So it's up in the air. Had the conversation yesterday with one of the biggest uh, retail developers in Michigan, and they're all scared because when you close a mid-size box or a large box, there's a cost of splitting it and there's a cost of shrinking it. So most of them are 200 feet deep. A smaller retail needs maybe 100, 120. What do you do with the backspace? Well, here's another question. In your crystal ball with 20 seconds left, what do you see as the newest store coming into the marketplace in the greater Detroit area? You know, Peter, I've been in retail my whole life, <laughs> and I can't give you the right answer. I can't give it to you. It's 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 new hot guy right now. Ashley's the hot retailer on furniture, but I can't give you the other one. And 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 we'll talk about that. It's probably a small, unique franchise. So we're gonna wind things down right now. Doctor Owen Perlman should be pulling up any minute now. Uh, we're gonna take a break here at NewRadioMedia.com. We'll catch you on the other side.
And welcome back to New Radio Media. I'm Peter Perlman, along with Paul Benzman. This is actually called Talking Biz. You know, Peter, the doctor is in the house. The doctor is. And that's not, you know, Dr. O versus Dr. Oz. You know, it's... <laughs> He's looking. Owen Z. Owen Z. Owen Z. It's almost Owen Oz. <laughs> it, it, it is Doctor Oz. Doctor Oz. Owen Z. You know what? It's 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 uh, interesting because like, like we talked earlier segments of August of thirteen August thirteenth of last year, I got rear-ended, and I finally <laughs> experienced the insurance world and having an accident, having a problem with my neck and back. Uh, luckily, I have uh, Doctor Owen Perlman steering me around. And I found out you always liked Owen, but I really realized how professional and how connected Owen Perlman is because you mentioned his name and everybody says, how do you know Dr. Perlman? How do you know Dr. Perlman? Well, I've I've known him my whole life. Yeah, we're not talking about you. We're talking about him now. (laughs) You know, we're going to talk about Dr. Owen Perlman in a couple of different ways. First of all, uh, we want to welcome him in so he can get close to that microphone. Thank you. And uh, why don't we go back in history a little bit? you know, how you got into the medical profession real quickly and how you decided on the field that you took. Well, I got into the medical profession back in the 1970s. That's when I went to medical school at Michigan. I was originally going to be a lawyer, actually. I was an econ major at Michigan, but got involved in a program actually at Northville State Hospital called Project Outreach through the University of Michigan and led multiple student groups there and decided this might be a better way for me to utilize my time helping other people out, and it worked out very well. I'm a physician specialist in a field called physical medicine and rehabilitation, so I'm essentially involved in taking care of people, in my case, that have sustained neurological injuries, particularly traumatic brain injuries, spinal cord injuries, strokes, multiple sclerosis, things of that nature, and I'm involved in helping them essentially uh, recover though I help them with their recovery, their rehabilitation, with the goal of trying to get them to be as independent as possible with the function that they have remaining. Okay. So, you know, that kind of brings us up to our conversation today because when you just finished medical school, uh, no-fault insurance was just becoming an infant at that time. Correct. And, uh, you know, everybody's talking about no-fault, and it's back in the legislative body again. But for our viewers and uh, listeners at New Radio Media, Um, What is no fault actually for everybody? Well, first of all, it relates to our auto insurance, specifically what happens separate from taking care of our cars to what happens in terms of taking care of ourselves and our family members. So what's known as PIP or personal injury protection is, is what that part is about. So auto no fault relates to the fact that regardless of who is at fault for the accident, your insurance company, if you have insurance, your insurance company pays your medical bills. And in an auto, in this particular situation, auto no fault not only just pays your medical bills when you first come into the emergency room or when you're first in the hospital, but even when you leave the hospital, if there's a need for the rest of your life, they will cover what's necessary medically for your care, recovery, and rehabilitation. So wait a minute. I'm- let me understand this. We go into the ER due to this catastrophic injury from our auto accident. My health carrier or my auto carrier is paying my bill. Depends on whether you have what are known as coordinated benefits. So if you have coordinated benefits, then your health carrier will pay initially on that. And they will generally cover quite a bit of your acute care stay, meaning the time in the hospital. 
but most health care policies are limited once a person goes to the outpatient uh, status. So the, the key differences there where your health insurance policy is not going to cover you is that if you go home and you need supervision, support, nursing care, etc., some of that may be covered initially by your health policy, but your auto no-fault policy will cover that the rest of your life. Okay, so knowing how positive it sounds like that, you know, our auto policy is really fantastic, why does the legislature want to destroy something that's so strong to take care of us? Well, I think the key issue is affordability. All right, because I know that Paul was in this auto accident, and we talk mm-hmm. about it. And uh, in the past, I've had a severe, you know, severe auto accident. And the idea that I don't want to give up my rights to be taken care of. So I know you sit on a number of boards, Brain Injury Board and others, to, and you're always in the legislative uh, uh, body there sharing uh, your concerns. What don't they understand? Well, what they don't understand is that when we're dealing with severe catastrophic injuries, such as traumatic brain injury and spinal cord injury, we are dealing with lifelong problems. And so it's not simply an event. That's not a question that I, that I broke my wrist and I'm going to be in a cast for six weeks or, or, and go to maybe get some outpatient therapy after that. I'm going to have to live with this disability, this condition for the rest of my life, and it's going to impact my family, my community uh, as well. You know, Owen, you're exactly right. You know, this being my first accident that I had an injury in, and I worry about, you know, I'm 57. I worry about if I, they want to put me pain shots now and then they talk surgery after that. But I could live with this for another 25 years. And and the cost and thought of the cost, I'm not worried about getting the insurance company for zillions of dollars like you see in these commercials, but I'm worried about the medical cost. And, and, and it's scary. And it's real scary. So I, I hired an attorney, not because I needed I need someone who knew what was going on, how to deal with the insurance company, because, you know, it, you see Sam Bernstein, you denial, deny, and I'm seeing this stuff, and it's scary. And, and, and so when people want to lower it and put the limits at a million dollars, you could go through that in six months. Well, you could go through that in six months, but I want to, I want to clarify for our listeners that that's when we're talking about a million dollars, we're not talking about a specifically a a fender bender where a person can pretty much walk out of there even though they're going to need the medical care like you're going to need. We're really talking about the catastrophically injured individual who is going to go through that million dollars maybe within the first year of their care, and they're going to have to live the rest of their life with the need for 24-hour care and supervision, as well as modifications to their home, modifications to the vehicle, uh, new technology that was is available now that was not available in 1973 when this bill got started. You know, and I understand that because once again, our paths cross. Friends of mine own group homes, where people live in the group homes, and 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 they can't live in their family home anymore, and they need 24-hour supervision, and that's very very expensive. So, you know, you look at the people, and I think, I think you know, and I want to ask your opinion on this before I go further. You know, should there be two approaches where you can elect what you want, or do you think it's just stay one level? Well, I think it's, it's best for the state if it stays one level. Obviously, uh, what's going to happen if, if we have what we call PIP choice under these circumstances is that the people that need it the most, meaning young people, 
who are more likely to get into accidents, more likely to get into serious accidents because most of the catastrophic injury occurs in people that are essentially 16 to 40 years old. So the people that need it the most, who are probably in the, in the least position to uh, afford such things as long-term care insurance, disability insurance, uh, major medical policies, et cetera, they're not going to purchase it. And so what we have here with Michigan Auto No Fault is a policy that's totally in the private sector, right. essentially not in the, not in the public sector uh, where we have to deal with, with using Medicaid, using Michigan Vocational Rehabilitation Services, uh, the impact on the educational system, the impact on really the police, the, the correction system, et cetera, uh, and Social Security disability, all of those kind of things then shift to the public sector. And so uh, one, one quick example are the, are the motorcycle accidents, okay? And so as we know, a couple of years ago, there was a, a big push to change the helmet law. Get rid of the helmets. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And the reason that that was done was because they thought it might encourage greater tourism <laughs> right. in the state of right. Michigan. More people would come because they'd have the freedom to ride without a helmet. But what happened is is multiple fold. The first is that they didn't get more tourism. Right, right. Okay. There's a, it's really a, a small window of opportunity, really, to ride a motorcycle in Michigan safely anyway because right, of right. the weather. And the potholes. Right, yeah, <laughs> the potholes and the, and the weather we're seeing now. Boom, so, okay. So that's the first thing. It didn't, it didn't help that. Right. Uh, but we've seen, obviously, uh, more deaths. Yep. And we've seen, you know, a lot more severe injuries as a result of that. <laughs> and many of these people don't have health insurance, and they end up on the Medicaid rolls. And although, yes, there is freedom of choice, et cetera, et cetera, but there's not freedom of choice for the taxpayer to have to pay for these people who've made this decision. You know, I'm driving in Livonia last summer, and I saw a motorcycle accident, and I knew the guy. Dead on the scene. Whoa. Okay? Dead on the scene. His sister called later and says, hey, I said, "Uh, that was your brother? You know, they had the blanket over him and everything else. And he didn't wear his helmet. He said, I'm just going to go around the corner, and I'm going to go to the store, pick up a pop or something. And the car hit him right at Middle Belt in 96, and I saw them towing away the motorcycle and, and the body. That's and, a terrible and, and tragedy. It, it, it's, yeah. it's terrible. So, yeah. you know, for freedom, and I was a motorcycle rider. I still have my endorsement, and uh, I got rid of my bike. I, I was sitting watching a ball game at, at, in Southfield, and a gentleman, instead of hitting the brake, hit his gas I saw him coming at me. I jumped off my bike, and my bike was underneath his car. My motorcycle was sold in two weeks. Well, he's he's a motorcyclist yeah. at one time. I yeah. still have a motorcycle endorsement, but I, I wouldn't ride anymore. Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's not, it's not worth it. So let's go back to the policies, and, and, and I'm glad you're here this morning because, you know, from what I'm hearing is, yes, it, if you give the choice, someone won't buy it, and they're going to end up needing it. So I, I, I guess I'm leaning towards your side right now because, you know, I thought, well, people get the choice. They can do cap it a million-dollar limit or unlimited but they're not going to choose that. Well, People are going to go to the cheapest There's an policy. ugly part in all this. Yeah. In self-insured health care, mm-hmm. it excludes auto. Right. That was one of the points so I was going to make. One of the ugliest pieces is if you take a cap at 100 or 50 or whatever that number right. is, and I run into this in Indiana with some clients where they have a $50,000 cap, there's no health care to pick it up. Well, and I'm fortunate. You know, I get my auto insurance, and I think I made the right choice that my auto is my primary 
and my Blue Cross is my, you know, is a secondary. Your and and what happens is this policy, this this injury is being taken care of all by my automotive. So I think right. I think you know, and I see it, and I'm going to different doctors because you want to check everything out. And I'm not one that complains about you know seeing doctors, no. and I don't. But when I started talking to Owen here and started realizing, hey, check this out, check this out, I got more nervous. And I started looking at the dollars, and I got looking at okay, fifty-seven. I'm going to have problems with my neck for the rest of my right. life. You know, we're going to we're going to come back on the other side in just a minute. But you know, there are some initials that people you know, don't Peter, understand. Peter, hold on a second. Let's skip the break. Well, I I got to do this though. Okay, go ahead. I do need to put the break in. We have to take care of the house. But remember these initials: M C C A. And with that, oh, it's this Y M C A. You got is, the letters wrong. You got it. But okay. with new radio media, <laughs> we'll be right back. You bringing it in? Boy, we're back. We're back to I'm Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. We've been in the middle of an interview with Dr. Owen Perlman. Welcome back from the break, Owen. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, Peter, you got, a, you got a first question you'd like to ask Owen? Yeah, you know, topic? a lot of proposals have floated back and forth. Um, I want to go back to 92, 94, and if you could bring us up to date. Yeah, the key things about 92 and 94 was that the insurance industry promoted some bills to change auto no-fault at that time. The most important thing to remember about that is that those were allowed to go to the vote of the people, and they were defeated essentially two to one each time. So why do they keep knocking on the door? They keep knocking on the door because they want to continue to change that, and they want to try to, to be blunt about it to maximize profits of the insurance industry. 
So, you know, there's a couple things that when, when people look at their uh, deck pages on their auto insurance, they see these initials MCCA. Yes. Um, and they see this charge of 170, it went down to 135, down to 70, and back up to the 150, 70 mark. What is that f- going to do for the consumer? So, first of all, the insurance companies, AAA, State Farm, whoever you're buying your policy from, they attempt to do a very good job where possible in, in taking care of you, but they're only obligated to make the payments up to the first $540,000 of your expenses. After that, they use a reinsurance instrument called the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association that's then responsible for every dollar after the $540,000 up to into the millions of dollars. And that policy costs each vehicle $170 for the whole year, just for that. So if you're a, a, a parent driving three kids to school and unfortunately you get into an accident on the way there and you sustain catastrophic injuries that could exceed that $540,000 per person, per person, then all of those people for that $170, less than 50 cents a day, are covered for the rest of their life for less than 50 cents a day. It's the best insurance policy in America. Let me ask you a question, Peter. Uh, that no, fund. Peter? No, I'm Peter. Owen. I get That's the Owen. Owen, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> for you guys look alike. He's cuter than you are. Anyways, I'm not. <laughs> the fund. How big is that fund? Well, the fund is estimated to be, at this point, between 22 and $24 billion. So it's well-funded. It's well-funded because actuarially it's set up that at the time the person has the accident, under the assumption they could live into their 90s, they put those, they earmarked those funds and put those funds away. So let's stay on that. You just said into the 90s. You've been in doing this, and how long have you been a doctor in handling this kind I've of stuff? I've been a doctor of 40 years in June this year. All right, so let me ask you, what is the oldest or let's say the longest period you've seen a patient from accident to living? I mean, what is that year? How many years do you think? Well, I, I'm the patient that I've been following the longest right now is is a woman from 1979 who I still see. She was 19 then. She's 57 now. She has a spinal cord injury. What do you think estimated medical cost in that whole period? Estimated medical costs are, you know, are in the probably eight to ten million dollar range. Eight to ten million. And again, where does the money come from? Well, and, and that's uh, just that's, the, that's, that's the proof. The I was going to ask you that because that's the argument. That's the right. winning argument. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, I'm nervous about my little accident that now look. And so, yeah, there's a woman you know, that can't move on her own. So eight to nine million dollars. And and you're talking about a difference of wait, maybe four or five hundred dollars a year in this insurance for no, cutting it down. No, one hundred seventy bucks. No, no, not no, not that amount. That's the amount to pay for that. I'm talking about if the, the policies, the savings. The, the let's let's talk savings. about the estimated savings, yeah. because you know the insurance companies aren't going to drop their shorts. They're going to give you a little break, right? Yeah, well, they're going to save you two, three hundred dollars. You know, we just we just uh, defeated a bill, House Bill, uh, fifty thirteen, back in November, and. In that bill, uh, there were there were cost savings to consumers built in of let's say twenty, thirty, or forty percent. But at the hearings in front of the House Insurance Committee, Pete Kumanich from the uh, Insurance Institute of Michigan, uh, who's their executive, uh, actually testified before me in front of that committee and testified against that bill, despite what he what he subsequently did in an opinion piece in the papers because he would not guarantee on behalf of the insurance industry that they would cut those rates at those levels. I listened to that argument. I followed that. And if I'm correct, they would only cut liability anyway. Correct. Collision and comp don't change. That's true. 
So you're talking about liability. So, so you're talking. So you're really cutting down the dollars in a policy because comp and collision are going up because of the new electronics in the vehicles and things like so that. So let's bring this closer to home. L. Brooks Patterson. So okay. L. L. Brooks Patterson. Uh, people think that L. Brooks Patterson supports the current auto no fault law because he was in a motor vehicle accident, but the truth is, in October of 2011, Brooks Patterson came out in favor of maintaining the current auto no fault law. Uh, and his accident didn't occur until August of 2012. And wasn't his accident really a workers' comp claim? It is indeed a workers' comp claim. So he is not covered by auto no-fault benefits. He's got he's got nothing to gain from it. But why he supported it is because he recognized that he has seven major hospital systems in Oakland County. He's got Medical Main Street with seven major hospital systems, and he recognized that if there was a shift in Michigan Auto No Fault, that those systems could lose in the range of 20 to $25 million per year each. And as the result of that, that would have a significant impact on, on the whole business climate, not only in, in Oakland County, but really in the state. What do I mean by that? If hospitals aren't getting that level of reimbursement, then they have to, they have to cut jobs. They have to cut back on trauma programs. They have to raise rates. When they raise rates, then health insurance companies have to raise rates to, to meet those rates. And then employers who are providing benefits to their employees, they'll pick up some of that, but they'll pass the rest on to the employees, which in a state that's still trying to recover from a significant recession, that means that there is less discretionary income for each person to be able to do that. So it, it really, it's a negative impact on the state from a from their own pocketbook, separate from... From an economic standpoint. From the, well, that is an economic standpoint, but separate from the fact that the taxes would go up, as I stated earlier, because of the shift to, to Medicaid, because more people would have to go on Social Security disability and need to utilize other state resources. You know, it's interesting. I, I, a number stuck in my head, and I think it's low. Only $25 million in a hospital? That sounds very low. It's a hospital system. Right, the system. But I think yeah. it sound, that sounds low. I mean, no, I, like I said. Well, no, that's per year. I mean, in, <coughs> in 2011, when Nick Vitale was the CFO at Beaumont Royal Oak, yeah. that's what he published in, in Cranes in March of 2011. Okay, and with inflation, maybe a little higher yeah, today. Maybe, so, maybe so, a little higher. So we've got a few minutes here, Owen, so, and so I want to make sure we well, cover let, some stuff let here. Me, let me tell you okay. two other quick things. Real that's quick. what I'd like to know. Okay, one is the fact that when you are reading these, the, the current uh, pieces of information, such as in Cranes recently, on January 28th, uh, Lana Tice, a right. state representative from Brighton, wrote a piece of that uh, the no fault needed reform, and now she's got a new bill out, a new package of bills out, seven bills that were introduced last week to to just take away auto no fault altogether. Ooh. Back to 1973. Right. And so what she what she says in there is that she she believes that right now Michigan uh, drivers are paying about 24 to 2600 dollars. But there's no way to substantiate that. So in attempting to substantiate that, then we found out that the average expenditure on auto insurance per vehicle in Michigan was $1,231. The national average is $889. So you're taking a scenario where there's unlimited benefits, and it really is only costing essentially not even a full, uh, maybe a little over $300 more, about $340, more uh, per year total. And you're getting this benefit for the rest of your Except life. So for $30 a month. Yeah, right. Exactly. So if you, so that's that's one thing. 25. That, one thing that they're going to promote. <laughs> well, it's a dollar a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you look at. Okay. It's a dollar a day. The the issue with shifting back to a tort system and the reason that Michigan went away from a 
from the this type of a tort system in the past was that now drivers would have to sue for their benefits. And let me take a minute to explain that before we before we get near the end here. In a tort system, you if you are the driver and you are at fault, cause or reason, you you know you're the you're the they're the cause. You can't. There's nobody to sue. You were the cause. So you better have fabulous health insurance. You better have your own disability insurance. You better have your own long-term care insurance. You better be independently wealthy because you're only going to get what the limits are in your, in your new policy. If you're injured by somebody else while you're driving, then you are in a position to sue that at-fault driver. Or they don't have insurance. That's exactly right. And it's all, it's all going to be based on what, is, what are their insurance uh, limits. And in addition, the truth is rehabilitation works best when it's started immediately and intensively. But when you have to sue for your benefits, you're going to get a little bit of care in the hospital. But after that, you're going to file your lawsuit if you can afford to file a lawsuit. And then you're going to have to wait for it to be heard. And it may be months and years until that's heard, which means nothing is going to happen during that time. More so, broke people. Yeah. So why, why does the Independent Insurance Agents of Michigan support some of these crazy bills? I mean, I go to meetings of the Independent Insurance Agents, and I'm like the rebel. Everybody well, says, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. And I, I think the reason that they support it is simply to try to, hoping that with improving affordability that they can get more people to participate. Um, that'd be my only assumption. They certainly can't do it based on the product that they would be selling. Well, that's for and, sure. And so yeah. let me ask you a question, because we've only got a couple minutes Well, you here. brought up about Dungan, too, yeah, well, Mike Dungan, it, 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 and I'm just curious. But I want to ask one other question. So who's supporting the change? Is it lawyers? Who's behind the change, and who's who's fighting against it? Well, the, 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 the people that are behind the changes that they're requesting are the insurance industry. Mm-hmm. The uh, the republic some of the Republican legislature, okay, uh, Mayor Duggan because he he has a campaign promise to try to make insurance more affordable and I can talk about that in a minute, and some of the uh, in some of the uh, lawyers, uh, meaning the personal injury lawyers who are hoping that if we go to a full tort system, that obviously they would have more cases available to them because everybody would have to sue to get their benefits under those circumstances. I find this remarkable, and and Owen, I'm going to ask you a favor. I don't know if there's any spots out there to educate people on this. Uh, If if there's been something put together, we'd like to air it on new radio media. Uh, We'll talk about that, a 30-second spot or something. uh, Well, real briefly, we're about to put together a response to the new package of bills put out by Representative Tice and and several other representatives who are from essentially border states to Ohio, Indiana, and Wisconsin because uh, they sell that to their to their constituents based on the fact, well, gee, the people across the street from these other states, they pay much less and you pay much more. The truth is you pay a little bit more and you get covered for the rest of your life and you don't impact the whole state. And, and one quick example is in Ohio, we frequently take care of Patients, I realize workers' comp is different, but we frequently take care of patients with Ohio workers' compensation because they don't have the facilities that we have in Michigan. Michigan Auto No Fault has helped raise the standard of care for everybody with a catastrophic injury. It's not limited to people who have auto no fault. If I fall off a ladder, if I have another problem, then I can go in and get the same care that somebody with auto no fault has. Thank you. The time flies. You know, it we're, does. We're getting, oh, and I want to thank you for coming and driving in this terrible weather from Ann Arbor to here. 
Very informative. We're going to have you on again or even call in again because uh, this is a great topic that we've got to stay on top of it. And uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in about uh, two minutes. Might want to move your can. And welcome back to the last half hour of our show. You're listening to Talking Biz with Paul Benzman. I'm Peter Perlman. We still have Dr. Perlman in the studio, but more importantly, I have the number one snow shoveler on the phone. Wait a second, snow shoveler. Wait a second. When I talked to him, yes, when I talked to him yesterday, he said, "I'm out there shoveling that snow. I'm cleaning the lot. I'm in the most exciting guy there is." You know, it's funny. The gentleman we're going to bring on in a minute. I, I met personally about a week ago. And he came you never to, heard him on he, the, You never no, heard him before? I personally met him. Okay, listen to Open the Ears. <laughs> uh, what a gentleman. I met the gentleman. A lot of people were talking about him, and he came in to talk to us about the company, New Radio Media, and all the stuff. He's a remarkable person. And ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Tom Mazaway. Tom. Tom. Hey, guys. How you How doing? You doing? Good morning. So are you outside sh- uh, shoveling some more snow? No, today we're on our way uh, seeing... Kids game and kids game. We're on our way to volleyball now. We're we're everywhere. Where, where, where's where's the volleyball tournament or match so we can come watch? Maybe send well, out some people. You know uh, the elite Michigan elite volleyball. So we're going to see my daughter Lily. I got my daughter Abby sitting shotgun here with me, and my other daughter is at another tournament. Wow! So <laughs> so we we got Maz away uh, in the car well, driving yeah, away, and, so, and don't get distracted do. while you're driving. Yeah, we don't so. want distracted driving because we have yeah, Dr. Owen Perlman in the studio too, and you know. We don't want any more injuries. I'm so not, I'm not looking for more know. patients. 
So, I'm so, just waiting for Mary to be on your show, Peter, Paul, and Mary. I know that's not the first time you heard that. No. <laughs> but, you know, so, so, Maz, you know, we, we talked about it this week, and, and you're on, on with us now, and I know Peter wanted to talk about the Lions the and Detroit everything Lions going on. Detroit Lions and the changes. And, and all those things. But, you know, Tom, just give people, you know, if, if people don't understand or know who Tom Mazaway is, uh, he's been all over Detroit air over the years in and, and, and the world of sports. Right, Tom? That is correct. I uh, moved here to Michigan in 93. I'm a Jersey boy. I met my wife in uh, New York. She's a Michigan girl, so here I am. <laughs> and uh, I started selling cars when I came here because I figured I'm in the Motor City. I might as well try that. So after a couple of years, I went to Specs Howard. And before you know it, I'm in the radio business. And I've been in it for 22 years. Unfortunately, our station, uh, our last station, 105.1, was a sports station. And they switched it over to hip-hop. And they didn't think I was hip enough. So uh, we were all out of work. You know, Tom, it's great. You know, it's funny because we, we had a conversation, and, and we'll let a cat out of the bag this morning, and we'll tell you a little secret. We are actually in talks with Tom to join us in our family at New Radio Media, and, and hopefully short time soon Tom will be joining us, and we would love to welcome you to our family real, real soon. Oh, man, I, that'd be something I'd love to do, and it's my passion. And, uh, you know, you got to follow your heart. In the way, and we're still on the Drew and Mike podcast, and, Drew Lane and the guys, are. we have fun. We've been together for a number of years. And last month, we went over a million downloads. I mean, the, the show is really doing well. But I'm really looking forward to uh, doing some more sports and other stuff with you guys. Appreciate it. So, Peter, you know, well, Peter wanted to talk. Well, let's go well, to the yeah, Lions. We talked about uh, all the changes with the Detroit Lions, including our ticket prices. And uh, Absolutely. They're going up again. Uh, well, I know it, and we've had him in the family, what, oh, in 1946, 47? No, probably uh, in the mid-50s, right, right at the time of the last championship. Oh, yeah, Bobby Lane. Yeah. yeah. Rebuilding since 1957 is our motto. That's, we've that's been waiting right. for that Super Bowl Always, under, con- always <laughs> under construction. <laughs> that's right. So what are some you know of the— we're the, only, we're the only original NFL team to not make a Super Bowl. Aren't we proud of that? Yeah. And we hold yeah, a record. That's something we're proud of. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you see on the horizon uh, besides ticket prices? <laughs> you know what? I, Ford Field will start to become a, a fun place to go to. I'm a, I was a Silverdome guy, believe it or not. I really enjoyed going there. I thought the home field advantage was amazing. was so loud. And Ford Field, let's face it, they've had nothing to, to root for in, in the past since they've been there since uh, I think it was 2000 that they moved there or 2001. And it's starting to look like the old Silverdome, the inside. They're letting it, they're painting the end zones, and things are looking better. And I just think the team that they have now is really on the on the, on the the up and up here. I, I think they're coming, and I think uh, hopefully we got the right guy. You never know. We really don't know who Matt Patricia is, if he can coach. If we had Bill Belichick, I'd feel a lot better. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. But we're definitely on the up, I think. And I think Lion fans can hang their hats on that. As far as ticket prices going – you know what? It's another two and a half percent. And uh, how long is it? I think it's went up twenty five percent right in the last five years or so. Am I correct on that number? Yeah. Well, we're still one of the lowest, you know, in the NFL for a ticket price. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter the ticket price. It's the beer price, the hot dog price, and the other money they get you for everything while you're there, including parking. So, you know, that's exactly. where they get you. But you know, Maz, this is called talking business morning. We're a business show, and let's talk about the business and dollars and cents of the Detroit Lions. All right. How much money does that team make a year? Do you know that number? You know what? I, I don't know the number offhand, but I do know that as far as NFL franchises go, they are not one of the top 20 franchises as far as what they're worth. 
Yeah. You know, Dallas Cowboys are by far number one. The Giants are up there. But the Lions don't have that, that parking lot. You know, because you park in, you park in Greek town. You park down in, uh, you know, down by the casino, stuff like that. They don't have all that extra stuff that goes with that, owning that team. But as far as uh, Detroit goes, don't work. we used to be a top ten market. Radio was, I think, number seven when I first got in it. And now I think we're top 15. So, you know, as the uh, people are leaving town, the price of the teams go down as well. And I'd be interested to see what happens with our other teams, like the Tigers and the Red Wings, what's going to happen with the Illich family, if they're going to keep the teams, or if Mr. Gilbert's going to come in and swoop in and buy them. He was talking about uh, getting rid of the Cavaliers. So who knows what's going to happen. As far as the Lions go, they're always going to have fans. They're the most loyal fans around. I know I'm one of them. And uh, they kill me. Year in and year out. The good thing I'm looking forward to is I hope they follow the model of the Atlanta Falcons when it comes to food. The Falcons opened up their new stadium last year, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. And what they did is they marked the food way down. Like for $20, you can almost feed a family. But a lion, just for $20, you would get a soda and a bucket of popcorn which is a disgrace, if you ask me. And, and only about 20 <laughs> kernels of the popcorn. Well, I, I, I exactly. Half of them are not pop. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm hearing that they're going to maybe follow that Atlanta Falcons model, which I think would really enhance the product and make the fans happy and put more seats, more, uh, more fans in the seats and behind the concourses because you're going to have to hire more people. What are, more what are the, people what are the key things? To buy that food. One of the key things is going to be trying to get younger people to come, and I think you're totally right. If they can't make it affordable to bring families to eat there, then you're not going to be able to bring young young people in there. With with what's going on with concussions, et cetera, and fewer kids playing football, if they want people to follow football, they're going to have to make it affordable for families. I agree. I agree. And uh, the, the uh, ratings were down again this year for the Super Bowl. I mean, this was a bad year for the NFL overall as far as, you know, concussions and arrests and, you know, people kneeling for the national anthem. and It was really a, a tough year. and I, I think they'll recover. I really do. You know, Maz, we, we looked at the numbers, and, and now that New Radio Media, you know, we're a totally digital platform, and we looked at the numbers, and you know with digital uh, streaming of the Super Bowl, the numbers were up, but they had to add the digital. So, That's right. So, I did hear that. So did digital, that. digital made it an all-time record, so you know, and, and looking at our format, and, and once again, hopefully you joining us uh, shortly and, and being on, on the air on, on digital, that the numbers were actually up this year. Um, the numbers were down for TV, but the number overall, including digital, were up. So we're glad to it's fill in the gap the there. We're glad to fill yeah. in the gap, and we're glad that our growth is big growing time. and big, big time. So let's go back to not just the, the Lions, but let's go to all sporting events, okay? Your family of four. The, uh, the blue-collar worker wants to take his kids and the wife to a game, and by the time they park, by the time they eat, by the time they have the game, uh, they need 90, same, 90 days same as cash terms because they can't afford it. <laughs> no, it's a week's salary. You know? it, 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 it's a week's salary. And, and I'm going to go back even further. You know, you talked about the Silver Dome, 
And uh, I got married uh, first time around, uh, first wife, <laughs> the starter marriage. Uh, we talked about it. And, and so it always put out his arm like the three of us, between the two of us, we have 92 marriages. <laughs> and, and so, so. You guys are perfect for the marriage. Yeah, you but our starter, you always have that starter. So I, I was not a sports guy. I was a retail guy. I owned retail stores, and the big games killed my business because we sold tools. But my father-in-law was a sports guy, and he had court seats at the Silverdome for the Pistons. Pistons. And yeah. so Big Shot me, he says, hey, you want to split my court seats with me? And back then, <laughs> I said, sure, give me half your season. And I sat around really some nice people. And you look at the game differently. But one day I said to my wife, I said, between sometimes there's three games in a week. And the tickets back then were $150 a ticket, so it was $300 wow. for the tickets. So that's nine hundred for the tickets. The babysitter was another one hundred fifty dollars for the week. You add food on it, and I was spending thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars a week on basketball. Now I was on the court, so let's go further up, and we go to the upper seats, and you look at that. The food cost is the same for the people that sit in the cheap seats, right? Yep. So so now no the, so it. the seat price was nothing, but the food was still crazy. So you look back at this, and I really my my heart goes out to a family that they should have a family four pack. Of maybe eighty dollars, a hundred dollars. Now wait a minute. The, the Tigers, Tigers do it. The Tigers do that. They now. do it, but there's more games, Peter. So it's spread apart. Correct. You know, you got. But let's talk about the Pistons. Let's talk about the Red Wings, especially right now when the seats are empty at the new little Caesar Arena. Well, do you you see it, but do you see who's carving out a new niche against all the pro teams? Jimmy John's. Well, Jimmy's, and, yeah, and, and minor league sports. But they can't deliver to the seats, Peter. And and the fact is, is you've got empty seats. And I'm going to throw out this out to the Illich family and to Gores that right now that they should put down a family pack, including food and seats, for under a hundred bucks. Well, and, and they I think have it right now. They, they do have it. I think it. that's great. Yeah. But even lower, and, and the fact is, Maz, is that let's get the guy who really wants to watch sports, who wants the entertainment, not the pretty people like I was down on the court that just want to be seen. Well, Owen and I and can tell wanted... you. Wait a minute. Owen and I can tell you. We used to go to Cobo Hall. To Cobo but I didn't say you guys Pistons. are pretty people. Wait Come on. We, we went, went behind the scenes. We spent <laughs> 50 cents or a buck, and we sat high at that time. You and, got and high or you sat high? You sat high. Okay. And then you walked you down. down. You, you moved, moved down. down. Okay. Moved down. But you got in for a buck. But today the way security is you can't move down. And if you, you, you can't have the, move down. If you, you have can. the gold pass around your neck, you can move down. So so you can't do that. So what happened to the Pistons, and, and, and Maz, I'm with you. I followed the championship from the Silverdome to the Palace. And those were basketball years. People were there to watch the game, not to see who was wearing what. Or what the halftime well, more of a purist. It's become a three-ring circus. The Piston games are becoming. They're shooting things and who can sing and who the kiss cams and everything. No one's watching the game now. We have now that it's changed in the last week, in the last week bringing well. in new players and and they're we're putting that way. But once again, those big salaries don't allow the food cost and the ticket price to come down. So, what's the solution, Maz? You know what? I think the guy in Carolina who just bought the hurricane from Peter Carmano. Has the right idea. You know what he did this year? They had the lowest attendance in the NHL. Only second, second worst uh, are the Islanders, who are but, moving again from Brooklyn back to Long Island. But nonetheless, he allowed the people to buy the cheapest seat in the house, just like Paul did back in the day, and I did, and and come down to the to the lower seats and enjoy the game from the lower seats. The owner is allowing that, and guess what? Carolina is climbing up the ranks, and they're climbing into the playoff hunt now in the NHL because it feels like a home field advantage all of a sudden for the Hurricanes, who had 
hardly any fans going to those games in Raleigh. So I think that's a great idea. Now at Little Caesars, they don't let you go down. At Ford Field, they don't let you go down. Well, Ford Field is more crowded. But the stadium is empty, and they blame it on people walking around outside upstairs in the concourse. That's you know, what they're blaming it on. You know, Maz, in honor of you driving, we're going to skip the break. I'm going to talk to our board ops right now. Jake, we're going to skip this break right now because I, you're driving. I don't want to distract you uh, as you're driving. But we can keep this conversation going, Peter. So we'll skip the last break or you know, the, the final mid-break. And, and let's keep talking about that. You know, if, if you were the owner, and we just talked about that, you said what you would do. But um, let's talk back to oh, the business of sports. I mean, we, we started well, talking about we that. We do have, Dr., you know, uh, Maz, we have Dr. Owen Perlman in the studio, too, who deals in the close-hit Hi, injury. Hey. And um, we've seen a lot more close-hit injuries. The concussion uh, protocols are taking place in sports. And... Uh, this is an area that Dr. Perlman specializes in very heavily, and you as a sports reporter see it on the field. What, what do you see it happen uh, as it relates to the consumer, though? Maz? I missed. I'm, I'm sorry. I missed that. I was dropping my daughter off. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, now we can talk dirty in the cars. The car no, empty? No, they still got one to go. Okay. Yeah, um, the car's empty. Uh, yeah, car, okay. okay, just, well, you're not but empty. Anyway, Maz, is, um, Maz is in the car. Let's go back. He's talking about close head injuries. All right, so we're dealing with the close head injuries, and we're seeing changes in sports, though, with youth because of it. As a reporter, Correct. and you're covering all of this, um, what do you see in it? Where do you see this headed? I think, first of all, equipment now is better than it's ever been. And closed head injuries, let's face it, we didn't know about them back in the day. We kind of knew about them, but we swept them under the rug. But with social media and everything, there's nowhere to hide anymore. So it's sports. It's when you play sports, you play contact sports like hockey and football, you're going to get closed head injuries. Those offensive linemen are hitting each other. You know, every play, you you know those most of those guys are getting concussed on a regular basis. Jumping. So, I, I don't know. I'm a sports fan. I'm not going to stop watching sports. I'm not going to stop having my kids play sports uh, because of it. I, I'm I'm just not. There are some people that are doing it. I just think it's unfortunately it's part of the game, and you got to watch. You got to watch it and and monitor it and, and take care of your family as best as you can. But as an adult, these guys got to know when to sit out and when not to sit out. There's a movement going forward right now to uh, to try to make kids under 14 to stick with flag football and not play tackle football uh, prior to that time. I don't think so. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's what that's what the movement is right now. So we'll, we'd have to see, therefore, if kids really aren't starting to play tackle football until that time, what's going to be the impact on, on high school football, college football, and ultimately on pro football? What about concussions in soccer? I mean, we do headshots and all the other stuff. Oh, we God, play. yeah. Well, let's, let's go and we, there. And Owen and first, I played soccer. Yeah, first of all, there's women are more prone to concussions than men. A lot of it relates to the strength of their necks, et cetera. Um, but there's yes, there's a significant number of concussions, not to the same extent concussions, but significant number in in soccer and in cheerleading as well. You know, and I want to say something. I met a lawyer last year, and he had a unique comment. Okay, people don't wear helmets in soccer, right? He said, "You want to reduce the injuries? Take off the helmets." Okay, no head to head. And this is a lawyer right. that represents a yeah. lot of attorneys. Yeah, a lot of that. lawyers that represents well, a lot of you, NFL you, you players. Bring, you bring up a good point. Obviously, that's yeah. not going to happen because they had the leather helmets even in the old days. Right, but, right. But when Peter and I played tackle football growing up, 
You know, we, we played tackle football. We were taught how to tackle people. Now there's tackling is a small part of the game, to be honest about it, and now it's more launching yourself as a missile into the other person to try to knock them over. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so no, so the, so the attorney you. said, yep. let's take off the helmets and you won't have head-to-head contact. They'll think about how they hit, yep. and it'll be a different game. And, and, and I had the thought, I thought about that. I said, he might be right. Well, he'd be right to a point. <laughs> and, and the helmet is, is only helpful to a point because there's, this, there's a certain number of injuries that occur simply because, the, let's say, the runner or the receiver is going at a certain speed, and then all of a sudden they're hitting that immovable object, that defender. And so their brain is still traveling at that speed, even though their body has stopped. So their brain at that speed is hitting the inside of their skull and causing the concussion that way, even though their head was actually never hit. You know, it, it's amazing. So, so Maz, as you're driving and you're alone in the car and you turn on <laughs> the radio. Looking for a parking <laughs> spot. Looking for, <laughs> looking for a parking spot. And where are you right now? I'm at Michigan Elite Volleyball in Warren, Michigan, and I'm uh, it's a disaster over here. That's all I got to tell you. Okay. So we got we got Maz. This is Maz more is dangerous are, than football. Maz is already working for us. He's uh, the reporter on the street. There How's he the traffic? Yeah, yeah. He's so, giving you the parking lot report. So your first assignment: don't ask for your first paycheck yet. Um, do this. <laughs> we want to thank you for calling in, and, and Maz, uh, do me a favor: call me during the week. We got to sit down and, and finalize some stuff. For I sure. hope you can come this way. Thank you for joining us. Uh, enjoy the uh, the sports and sport events this morning, and with your family, and with your family. Thanks, enjoy guys. the weekend, and, and don't shovel any more snow. Have the wife do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My wife's better than me at shoveling. All right. She's about a lot of things. And uh, have a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch you during the week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. So thanks again for calling, and uh, have a great day. So, you know, first of all, I want to welcome everybody, you know, that's been listening to New Radio Media. This is Talking Biz. Uh, Tom Mazaway just joined us. Dr. Owen Perlman's in the studio, of course, with us. Paul, how do they contact us? So, you know, there's a lot of ways to contact us. First of all, please tell your friends and, and download the app because we're totally mobile. Uh, the Google Store or the Apple Store, it's NRM Streams, stream with a Z at the end. Uh, a lot of people, and our numbers are coming in from the amount of people are looking at it, are watching from their home computer. Sit in front of their home computer at www.newradiomedia.com, uh, or you can get the app or listen to us on your tablet. So on the app, how do you how do you get the actual show? So you get the shows by downloading you, it. You, you Peter, use your finger. All right. So Owen, uh, we'll discuss it after. He's getting the phone out for So you get the so download the app. So download the app. I have the app. So let me talk about the app. The app is going to be steadily changing, but right now you get at the app. I saw the new app. So you did. I saw a new app on there. Oh, good. We didn't. I did. we, you saw something. Well, no, I did. I okay. got. I got past that. Page. Okay. So, so, so you get I'm the on app. page two. All right. So you get to the app and you go to the the category. Right now, there's five different channels, and you do the channel. And let's hit the channel. Let's talk the business channel. So hit business, and now you'll see. I believe two shows on the business channel right now. You hit the show you want, and then right there's all the pre-recorded episodes you can watch. You will also be able to, and you can watch them live. Um, we are changing the mechanism and the, the navigation on the app uh, next week, so it's a little easier to realize how you can watch it live so you can carry it with you. We just added another service. If you have our app and you have a newer car with a screen and we see the Sirius logo, you'll see the NRM logo right on your dash. So it will be connectivity to your dash. Uh, that was just ordered, and, and within the next week or so, we will be connected to any modern vehicle. You will see the logo, New Radio Media, on the dash. So... We are on top of technology. We just uh, brought in new IT people this week. Yes, we did. Uh, we are somewhat of a technology company. We're in the midst of merger talks with other technology companies. New radio media is moving. 
we have announcements coming up as we sign the contracts. Well, we had one. We have one major announcement. Which one? We have a program director. We have a program director. Bill McAllister from the Ticket and Other Stations signed on, started on Monday as the official program director of New Radio Media, and a show starting soon in March with him and his lovely wife. Yes, they are. So that's going to be starting. Uh, we also have some interesting people. We knew, Peter, when we formed New Radio Media some two and a half years ago, uh, that people from mainstream media would be dropping by. We knew that contracts were being hit by digital, that the payrolls were being cut, but we didn't realize how fast they were coming. And I'm going to mention not names and numbers, or no. like numbers and names, but Channel 2, 4, and 7 locally. We have someone from each channel. Coming on board. One of them, we have four from one of the channels. And not only that, behind the scenes, editors and cameramen are coming here daily. Now let's go to the radio dial. We have people, Maz, from one of the top morning shows. He, he rated number one for years. And another channel, like, was the oldies channel? I don't want to mention. No. Um, another person and maybe two from that channel. So we have people dropping by every week, and, and I'm looking at our staff, and, and the answer is yes. And but not only that, let's go to the world of sports. Why not? I forget sports. We have somebody that comes up from Cincinnati, Ohio. We have a show on the Geek Tainment Channel. A lovely lady comes in from from Columbus, 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 I believe it is. Cincinnati or Columbus? Cincinnati, one of those days. She drives the four big, hours. The big C in Ohio. We are now taping. <laughs> we are taping a first original series, and and we have a set now, like a TV set, coming in. Sports wise, uh, McCarty's been on a show, yes. and we're working on a deal with Darren McCarty and his wife and other people. And we have Jackie Callen. We have Jack Callen. We have Tommy Hearns. Yes. And we have Buster. Coming in from Grand, Grand Rapids. Rapids. Grand Rapids. So we have people from around, and that's just local. You know, we have doctors, several doctors from Henry Ford coming in. I'm headed to Cleveland March 2nd for a seminar. We have so many medical shows coming from hospitals, and these are big ones. Uh, another gentleman who um, announced the fireworks and stuff, and I'm not going to get the name. We have our live cameras coming in in two weeks. We will be doing all the major events, anything TV does, the fireworks, the Dream Cruise. We already decided we're looking at two real estate plays for the Dream Cruise with eight live cameras on the streets. So we're not a little company anymore. We're a media company, the only true digital, hyper-local platform in the area. And the unique thing is, the unique thing is, is that we can take this platform to other cities. Peter, I'm glad you segued into that and said that. We are now talking with six cities New radio media will be licensed in about 100 cities within the next 24 months. Now we went international. Wait a second. I've got calls in Dubai and Argentina next week. Well, we have listeners, as you know, from my travels around the world that have trapped into new radio media. So they're tracking us all around the world as we go. We're at 22 employees predicted by June, July, 60 to 80. So it's not a little company anymore. Our new facilities, hopefully we move that forward. Another 14,000 square foot of studios within the next 60 to 90 days. We took more space in the office building this week. It's going nuts. Last night we had a visitor in the office. And it's a very well-known gentleman in the Detroit area who wants to talk about education. And that's one of the future channels on new radio media. And, and if our president heard me, he'd be screaming at me because he says, let's get the five channels launched. Well, we know that. And, and have we the other that. six besides restaurants. But we keep, we keep lining them up, uh, making sure that we're always ahead of the game. And uh, want to make certain that we keep our focus, which is to the community number one. And, and, and as we grow, and, and I stated this, is that the community is going to mold us. If you look at traditional media, TV, radio, especially radio, they play soundtracks. The personalities have gone by. We've lost local content. Take a look at the local newspaper. 
what is in the paper today. USA Today is publishing a lot of stuff for the Free Press on Sunday. Very little local content. So we're bringing local back to media, and people love it. There's people out there, whether it's doctors or professionals, that would like to have their own show. We can make them a star. So along with the name brand people around here, you can bring in people who would like to promote their business, promote themselves. So let me throw this out. I've got Dr. Owen Perlman in here from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Does he dance? Uh, not today. Okay. Um, if you could design your own radio station, what would you like to have as your number one item? Let's say TV and radio. I just TV want to say radio. radio. You got Live video. video. I, th- I think the number one thing you have to have, you have to have a certain level of entertainment because you got to be able to bring people in and then... And then, obviously, information that's, that's valid information to keep people informed of what's going on. We, we've talked to several hospital groups, Owen, and we're talking about that. And they realize that they've got to be in closer communication, have two-way communication with, the, with, their, with their clients and their patients. And what we can do on digital is keep that two-way communication. The doctor could be asked a question within so long, deliver the answer. People want the, the touchability. They want to be able to be feel a part of something. Sure. And, and, and many of them are doing that with, uh, with the physician portals from the different practices. Yep. So in our practice, for example, they can, they can look up their, their results they can leave questions uh, for us that can, we can answer when we have the time, obviously, and, and send that back to them. We have links to other places for them to get information about resources, for example, to the Brain Injury Association or the MS Society or the Cancer Society or whatever it might be, or even just to, uh, uh, to, to specific medical uh, repositories of information. And, and it's great because I'm going to add one thing to this. We we are just winding down a deal with a major movie theater chain, and I can't say which chain, but the deal's almost done, that during Monday through Thursday they have a lot of empty seats in beautiful theaters. How about live seminars? We, we are going to finish the deal this week where we can take it from on the air to touch and feel the clients and the people in theaters. So we've added that element. We are going further, deeper to touch the community. And as we add this, we're very, very excited because we met with this theater group last year. The deal will be done this week. But i got to thank Owen for being in here, driving in from Ann Arbor. Peter, where did the time go? I don't know. That two hours just flew by. And, again, i got to thank everybody in our staff here that makes it work for us. I want to thank Tom Masway for joining us uh, with his young family, taking them around town, to Dr. Owen Perlman coming in from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And, Paul, you know, We'll be back next week, same time, same station. And as we always like to remind everybody, you can find us on New Radio Media. That's our digital presence. And we want to thank everybody and have a great week.